0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone. It is caught for the win. Pressure. Pass is picked off. And who is it? Big BJ. Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined by an elated Richmond spider, Perry Goldstein, here to not talk about March Madness, although we can do that a little bit, uh, but to talk about the Green Bay Packers because this is Packs What She Said. But Perry, your team just upset Iowa. How are you feeling? I feel unbelievable.
1: <laughs> I've never been able to partake in March Madness because this is the first time Richmond has made it in over a decade. Um But the only the only sport they were ever we ever really went to was basketball. That was like our thing. And to watch them just upset a five seed, um, there's not really a feeling to just like I can't describe this right now. So all of you are um, sports fans of teams that like make it to the tournament every year. Like if you're an Alabama football fan, like you're lucky. I don't know. This is a great feeling
0: because like that's my alma mater. Those are my people.
1: Anyway, we're going to
0: talk about the Packers now. (laughs) So Perry and I got done recording an entire episode dedicated to the fact that the Packers would never, ever trade a potential future Hall of Famer in Devontae Adams. And then about an hour after we got done recording, news broke that the Packers did in fact trade potential Hall of Famer Devontae Adams to the Raiders for a first and second round pick in this year's draft. So... Now that that happened, (laughs) this is us re-recording this entire chunk of the episode because now we have to talk about the fact that the Packers did something that we did not think that they would actually do and give up the best wide receiver in football. So Perry gut reactions here. It's not pretty.
1: I was shocked. Like, obviously, you just said it. We in no way, shape, or form thought that this would happen. I think granted there was a lot of information that we didn't know. Right. And so much has come out since this trade happened about how Devonte has always wanted to play for the Raiders, that he really wanted to go back to being with his college quarterback and one of his best friends in Derek Carr, um, that things had soured, you know, with green Bay and that relationship wasn't in a good place, which again, I'm very surprised at. And also I think just goes to show what a professional Devonte Adams is because we didn't know about that. Right. It wasn't a public drama, um, and we also learned that the Packers did match the money that Devonte Adams is getting from the Raiders, which is a five-year, one hundred and forty-one point something million-dollar contract, making him not just the highest wide receiver, highest-paid wide receiver in NFL history, but highest-paid non-quarterback. In NFL history. So the Packers actually did go out and match that money. Now, whether it was too late and the relationship was already done, it didn't matter. Devontae Adams wanted out. We don't know, but all we do know is that <laughs> Devonte Adams is now a Las Vegas Raider. He is being reunited with his close friend and college quarterback. Um, and the Packers are without a number one receiver. I think the other important thing for me in all of this news, cause there's like the gut reaction of obviously being completely devastated to lose not just the best wide receiver in football, but a homegrown talent, right? Like the Packers drafted Devontae and they've, he's been with the team his entire career so far, illustrious record breaking career in green Bay. Um, but I think the thing that surprised me most was that Aaron Rodgers was fully in the know that this was happening. And Aaron Rodgers yeah. still decided to come back to play in green Bay. And I think that that's huge and I think that can't be overstated, right? The relationship was so bad with Aaron Rodgers in the front office. And look at how much it's been repaired to the point where, like, we thought that that was a package deal. Always. Everyone would have said, Rodgers and Devante, that's going to be a package deal. Rodgers come back. Adams come back. Rodgers leaves. Adams leaves. And look at what's happened now. Rodgers stays. And Adams goes. Um, it's just a lot of new information that I think is being processed still.
0: Yeah. And I mean, as reports kind of trickle out, you know, it's, it's hard to know like fact and fiction. And I think there's a little bit of truth in some Mm -hmm. things and maybe some things are stretched a little bit, but you know, by all accounts, it does sound like the Packers were willing to go beyond what the Raiders offered. And at that point, you know, and I understand a lot of sides to this. Andrew Brandt was one of those voices saying, you know, the Packers have been sitting on this for quite a while. This was, this was a deal that they could have gotten done a long time ago. So you know, whatever happens to sour the relationship. And there's a part of me that doesn't even know if this is soured. And it's just, we talked about this a little bit, you know, privately in the DMs, but maybe there's a chance that Devonte realizes, hey, I think personally the Packers have one or two years and that's their whole window. And like Rodgers, I don't want to be a part of a rebuild or get used to a new quarterback, whatever he feels about Jordan Love. Let me gamble, roll the dice, I am going to Vegas. Let me roll the dice with Derek Carr, who I'm already very familiar with. The AFC West is stacked. It's not going to get any easier. You're you're going to a harder division, but you might have the potential to have a little bit more longevity. For a five-year deal, Derek Carr is getting an extension. Maybe some of that factored in. And you know what? Maybe he doesn't want to play in the cold anymore. So there's, there's a lot of factors yeah. into this. It as is far closer as, to
1: home, right? He yeah. grew up in Palo Alto. This is close to his family. It's close to where he grew up rumors before this that he bought a house in Vegas. Obviously, this was coming. There's a lot more to it than, than just on the on the field.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this too before we talk about maybe what it means for the wide receiver room, but does this change any of your perception about Aaron Rodgers and his legacy and the fact that he willingly... You know, knew all this was going down. And what so much of us had thought all season that, you know, either he retires or, you know, what does it look like with him and Devonte being a package that he said he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild, but he's got Cobb and Lazard. And that's about it right now. And, and yeah. he's willingly coming back to this offense. I know it's confusing
1: because he did blatantly say that he did not want to be part of a
0: rebuild. And yet
1: he kind of is part yeah. of like this mini shakeup. Um on the offense. I don't know. I think that he's been in the league long enough to know that players come and go, right? Mm-hmm. He lost Jordy, wasn't happy about it. He lost James Jones, actually ironically all three of these players to the Raiders. <laughs> um, you know, like he's seen guys come and go and I think there's a part of that this as a 38-year-old man understands like this is just the nature of the business. I'm sure he's unhappy. I'm sure he did everything he could to get his good friend, you know. Yeah. He was he was attended Devonte Adams' wedding, like good friend to stay. But I also think there's a level of understanding, like, go get paid, right? Yeah. The Packers had I think we had this in the pre-recorded part that we're not going to share
0: from <laughs>
1: Devonte Adams in the last contract. four years, fifty eight million dollars. It's bumpkins, right? For a guy who's turned into the best wideout in the league. So, I think there's just like Aaron Rodgers understands the deal. Now, from a legacy perspective, the fact that he would come back regardless, that does give me some warm and fuzzies as a fan. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that if he's truly repaired things with the front office, that means he knows and is involved in what the next steps and planning is. So that also gives me a little bit more faith that things like might shake out okay.
0: Yeah, and I think it's it's really interesting just And I think fans have to remember that at the end of the day, this is a business. And as much as we invest our feelings as fans and, you know, maybe there's people out there that feel slighted and think like, oh, Devontae chose the Raiders and he's sacrificing what he had in Green Bay. And, you know, as, as friendly as these guys are, and I know these relationships will last, you know, long past these guys have hung up the cleats. It's a business. And I know you can argue that the Packers are willing to pay more money, but these guys have to make decisions, not just for themselves, but for the longevity of their careers, for their families, and where they'll be living. And there's a lot more to this than just saying, like, hey, I really liked being a Packer. Because by all accounts, we don't know anything that said Devontae didn't love being a Green Bay Packer. It's just when it was time to make this decision – especially knowing what we know, that he always wanted to play with Derek Carr, this Mm -hmm. is potentially his last contract. This could have been his last opportunity to do that. So even if a team like the Chargers offered him more money to come play with Keenan Allen, I think this was always something down the pike and maybe something Aaron Rodgers knew, that someday Adams was going to want to go play with his buddy.
1: Yeah. I I do not fault a player for going and getting the bag, ever. Mm -mm, ever. Am I bummed that it's not – in Green Bay, yes. No, I think, like, there's been a lot of circulation around about what this means for the Packers offense, and I think that leaves things a lot of – a lot of things unanswered, right? Like, we've watched this offense pretty much run through Rodgers and Devontae, right? Like, they are the centerpieces. To a fault. To a fault sometimes. <laughs> exactly, right? Like, part of me is, like – I am very, like, split 50-50 on this, and – Part of me is, like, it's going to be really hard to be a contender without a number one. I Mm -hmm. I wholeheartedly believe that, right? Like, every team has the number one. Chiefs have Tyree Kill. Bengals have Jamar Chase. Rams have Cooper Cup. Bucks have Mike Evans. Like, every team has a guy. So, I think the Packers are obviously going to need to replace Devontae in some capacity. But there's also the side of me that understands that Matt LaFleur's offense can be really fun when Roger spreads the ball around, and yeah. I think there's a lot of room for that scheme to really blossom and get really creative. Um, and there, again, like the wide receiver room was already an area that needed to be replenished. Now it's just more so, <laughs> and it feels a little bit more urgent and scary about like how are they going to field this team? But as I've slept on the news, like I do think that they're is room for this offense to be really fun, depending on what new weapons the Packers bring in. And the last thing I'll say about it is I would love to see them go out and get a vet and then draft a couple guys, because I do think that that vet presence in the room is really, really important for young players.
0: Yeah, and I want to make a caveat here, too, and say that any of the players that we're talking about, there's they're not replacing Devontae. It's not like we're saying like, yeah, okay, well you can go out in free agency and you can bring in Jarvis Landry and it's fine because he's just going to play the role that Devonte had. That's not happening. That's not what we're talking about, but there is an accountability with this offense. And I think if there was a coach that I would put some faith in to be able to scheme up some really creative things, Matt LaFleur is one of those guys. And I think you and I are going to be very fortunate because we might see an increase in the pony package in 2022. And, you know, Ooh. just think, think about Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, the roles that they had, those things will increase and we talked about this a little bit in spaces last night on twitter but just kind of what the room will look like and you know we we know that Randall Cobb is, is back took a significant pay cut we don't have any news yet on Mercedes Lewis we know Al Mazzard was tendered but there's still a lot up in the air and whether the packers go look for a vet like a uh, Jarvis Landry or Juju Smith Juju Smith Schuster whether they potentially try and package some of the picks they acquired from the Raiders to make a trade. I know DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are hot names right now, given the quarterback situation in Seattle. We don't know, but you have to feel confident that the Packers had a plan for this. I know that they probably thought the the plan A, the 1A plan was that Devontae comes back, but they wouldn't have done this and signed off on this if they, if they felt screwed. Right. <laughs> like, there's no, no way. way.
1: They're always thinking a couple steps ahead than fans are reacting to the news in the moment. Um, I will say I do think the Packers got a good return um, from for Devontae. I mean, they now have insane ammunition in this draft to go and get a number of great players. I think they have five picks in the top 100 now, so that's pretty darn good. Um, 22 and 28 in the first round, and – I was talking to if you listened to to the Packaday video today you heard me say this already but what Goot was able to do when they picked Jair right they somehow moved back and turned Jair into Jair and a future first that turned into Darnell Savage like Goot is good at this he he he's he's thinking in these chess pieces so I think what matters, though, is just going to be hitting on these draft picks. Like they're going to have to hit on them. And if not, then they're screwed.
0: Yeah, and I think part of it, too, is you know just, just knowing what this did for the cap. The Packers saved about $20 million in cap space with this move. And uh, Justina Anderson broke the news that because of that cap space, it feels like now another domino to fall is that, yes, the Packers lose Devontae Adams, but they likely are getting Rasul Douglas back, which is a move that the Packers weren't sure they were going to be able to make if Devonte had returned and the Packers didn't have that available cap space. So plenty of moving pieces here, but yeah, some pretty shocking news out of 1265, but I, I feel confident. And I'm sure you feel the same way that the Packers have a plan for this and the offense is going to look different. We, we know it looked different when there wasn't Greg Jennings and Donald driver and Jordy Nelson too, but yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be fun. I think the offense is, is going to be okay.
1: I hope so. <laughs> I'm
0: I trying really to really be confident. Hope.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think it's 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 been a couple of years now of Devonta Adams being the guy. So I think imagining the Packers' offense um, not around him is just it's it's a little bit of a black hole. And so yeah. you got as a fan put a little like blind faith into like you said Matt Lafleur and Goo and the coaches and everyone to to figure that out. But yeah. the most important piece, we still have Aaron Rodgers.
0: Right. And that's, that's, what's going to make this so fascinating from like a football perspective. I can't wait to watch Devontae Adams in Las Vegas. I can't wait. I lo- as a fan of football, like I'm going to watch him. I would watch him regardless of where he played, even if it wasn't in green Bay. But I do think, you know, this is where the Matt LaFleur coach of the year conversations, him being 13 and three, his mm-hmm. record, his scheme, the way that the Packers are seven and zero under LaFleur without Devontae Adams, like, this is where all this is going to get put to the test, I think, because yes, Matt LaFleur still has Aaron Rodgers, but how do you make this wide receiving core work? Do the Packers maybe bring back MVS now that they have a little bit of space? Do they go get some vets? Is it a combination of vets and high draft picks? And then what does that look like with Aaron Rodgers? How long does it take yeah. him to acclimate? If he had Jamar Chase last season, how long would it have taken him to feel comfortable throwing him the ball? These are all things that we maybe have two years left of Rodgers, and these are all big questions.
1: Yeah. I would love to see them go out and get like a vet defensive lineman. Yes. And some, you know, like Hakeem Hicks is still available, right? Like go God. go get, right? Wouldn't that be so funny? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, we were DMing about this earlier, but like Corderell Patterson is still a free agent. And if we are trying to revamp this whole special teams unit with Rich Bisaccia, go out and get the best returner in the league right now. Like there's a number of moves that they yeah. can make to make this team better now, with this cap space. And that is, that is really exciting. That feels like they have like some breathing room to work with.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, that's a really good perspective to have. And, you know, you can say that we're doing what we need to do to to make ourselves feel better about this because, you know, it's hard. The Packers gave up arguably their second best player on the football team, but what they're doing is giving themselves a little bit of space and if special teams is better than it was in 2021 which how can they be worse to be to be <laughs> frank but if, if you're getting a little bit better that's an improvement the defense as a whole is staying pretty much exactly the same as it was and a second year under joe barry that unit should improve and by all accounts will jair will be back eric stokes will be in a second season so if this offense can make things work, I still think that the Packers could field the championship caliber team. It feels a little bit sacrilegious to be talking optimistically about a Packers team that won't have Devontae, but I still think it's it's possible for this team.
1: Well, we will keep an eye on the moves that they make in the coming weeks because they're going to be really important
0: and interesting. <laughs> Yeah. And hopefully no news drops so that we have to like re-record in the next couple of days. We'll, we'll, God. we'll save that for next week. Oh God, please. <laughs> uh, but now we will let you listen to the back half of the show where we talked about the defense. And if you hear us say Devonte Adams, don't worry about it because that was an accident. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I don't know if you necessarily want to rely solely on the draft, like asking a lot of asking rookies to do that much. I mean, look, the Packers got really lucky, right? With, Josh Myers, Royce Newman, even like John Runyon along the line and some other pieces that were able to contribute really early on. But I I don't love the idea of putting all your stock into a rookie class to be starters. I actually was talking to my dad about this yesterday and we were talking about how it's a very Packers way to really hope that some of your second and third year guys are making those jumps this year, right? So you're hoping that TJ Slayton can fill in along the line next to Kenny Clark and be a little bit more dominant. He looked good last year, but was only in like a rotational role, like examples like that. You really hope that Amari Rogers is even more a part of this offense, right? You get Kylan Hill back. The running back room, I think, is like set. We've talked about this before, but those are the things that are going on. I think inside the building that that, that, unequivocally like we will never know right as fans sitting on the outside like we don't know what the Packers think about some of their young guys who are still developing so I think there's like I always have that in the back of my mind as well like yes there's pieces that they want to fill in in the draft and it would be great if they went out and got a free agent or two I think it's going to be a very similar year like last year where they bring in like I don't want to call them bargain bin players because that (laughs) sounds like really really Horrible, but not the big name free agent. Yeah, you know, the Packers are not going to be able to afford that. Like, we saw Fletcher Cox is being released by the Eagles. Like, I would love nothing more than for Fletcher Cox to come play online. That's not happening, right? They're going to have to go and find the hidden gems. Hidden gems is a much better way of saying
0: this.
1: (laughs) Hidden gems like Devondre Campbell, like Rasul Douglas to come fill in if they need. I really think they're just going to need to hope that some of their guys make that jump and maybe somebody on the roster, like you said, can fill in at right tackle or they bring back Dennis Kelly, right? There, there's moves they can make, but we just don't know, and we won't know until camp.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's even, like, I'm not saying these guys were going to be pro bowlers or all pros, but, like, the Lucas Patrick loss felt pretty significant. I think we all expected it, but, you know, he was the versatility of the line. He could do basically what Elton Jenkins could. And that's not to say he did it at maybe the exact level, but having a player that's that versatile means a lot. And that's a role that somebody's going to need to be able to fill. And that makes whoever is, you know, vying for one of those last spots in camp more impactful. Even a guy like Oren Burks didn't play a ton on defense, but he was a core special teamer, really a leader kind of at that that position and was always where he needed to be, at least in terms of special teams. The unit itself was not good, but he was a core person on that unit. So maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. But, you know, the, the Packers are going to have a lot of holes to fill, not even as starters, but just some really vital backups and rotational pieces that, you know, I think that's more of what the draft is for. But you're absolutely right that there's going to be plenty of second, third-year players that the Packers are really going to need to see make a jump because they just don't have the capital to be able to, to fill all these pieces with the draft, especially knowing that they're not really going to be able to spend in free agency. So let's talk about some of the guys that are coming
1: back. Um, we saw the big splash in Preston Smith extending, which is wonderful. Um, super excited for him. I thought him, Kenny and Rashawn were just like a force up front and I'm really glad they're sticking together. Um, Really, really great. Did not know if this was going to happen. Devondre Campbell came back five years, $50 million. Well-deserved. Um, they restructured Amos, and and Cobb, like we said, is coming back on a little less money. Um, I want to talk about Devondre because I was listening to Mina Kimes' podcast this morning, and they were talking about some of the big free agent signings, and he was one of them. And they brought up a point, and I'm curious your thoughts about Um, which is that he only had one good year, right? Like he was kind of a rotational guy with Atlanta Packers plucked him out of there. And then all of a sudden he has this like resurgence in green Bay under Joe Barry and becomes an all pro. And I personally feel like he deserves every thing that he got and I believe that he can replicate that especially being under the same defensive scheme but I am curious your thoughts about like when a player only has like one year to show for like what giving him a contract like that means
0: yeah I mean it's really hard because we talk all the time about prove it deals and then guys prove it and we're like but how long do you have to prove <laughs> it so I think that's a really interesting question but you know I I wonder if there is like a Joe Berry effect and I don't want to call it that but we've talked about it on pack a day before and just, you know, some of these other platforms where there's a lot of guys, Corey Littleton's a really good example who found success with a certain coach and they went and got a payday somewhere and we don't hear as much about them. So I'm not calling Joe Barry, like, you know, the inside linebacker whisperer, but I do feel more confident about Devondre Campbell coming back into that scheme and being able to to replicate his level of performance. And I think that he, you know, there's a level of not that any player makes it to the NFL because they don't have confidence in themselves, but for him, his quote, you know, about finally being Batman instead of Robin, I think sometimes all these guys need is to be put in the right situation for them. And I think that's what Joe Barry is really good at. Preston Smith, arguably, I know he had in 20, 2019, you know, his, his best statistical year next to Zedaria Smith, but you could argue that the impact he made in Z's absence in 2021 was almost better and more helpful to the team opposite Rashawn Gary. And I think that's what we've seen from Joe Barry that we didn't see from Patton was just the ability to put guys in a really good situation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel like going into this year, I feel more confident about where the defense stands as a whole, just from like player personnel perspective than the offense, just because there are so many holes in my mind on the offense. Um, Obviously, like the largest piece of things is set, which makes you feel better in general. But yeah, I'm really excited to see what this defense can do. I do think it's it's funny that, you know, if you'd asked us after 2019, like, if one of the Smiths was going to stay in Green Bay long term, like, who would it be? And I think 100% of people would have said Zedarius. Yeah. And I think it says a lot about what Preston's been able to do. And... Um, Kind of like lay it all out there on the field, and like I said before, I think him and Rashawn turned into like a really, really great duo. Um, and I hope the Packers pick up another edge rusher um, or another guy, you know, like Jonathan Garvin or Tipa kind of take that next jump. And I think that this front can be really, really nasty.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's what's so interesting is we talked about like the, the holes that there are on offense, and there's quite a few. Like we don't know what the wide receiver room is going to look like yet. We don't know what the tight end room is going to look like. I think running back is really the only thing that's solidified in quarterback. But then the offensive line is kind of a puzzle at this point. And a lot of that is because Elton Jenkins won't be back for the start of the season either. So while he will be there eventually to either play, you know, left guard or potentially right tackle, we don't know what that looks like. So there are a lot of question marks. I think really along the on the defensive side of the ball, the biggest question mark is like, who's going to help Kenny? Because every other yes. position is, always it's always the question. <laughs> it's always the question. But every other position group is like, okay, we've got we've got a good core and then we've got depth. So Yeah. Who's gonna help Kenny? I don't know. I <laughs> do not know. Um, we, we got a little special teams news as well. Packers we Packers released a Boho Blast. And it sounded like they were committing to Mason Crosby. That was not one of the moves that they were going to make, which I think surprised some people, especially just in regards to the cap. If you're looking to get younger, I can't remember who said it. So apologies if you're listening, but somebody had pointed out that if you are looking at a last dance situation and trying to maximize your window, it does help to have an experienced kicker. And maybe the hold was more of the problem than the kicks this season with Mason. So we'll see if he gets back to form, but Pat O'Donnell from the Bears, longtime punter, um, by all accounts, by everything I've seen. He is a guy. He's a punter. He's been in the league a long time, and he's really good at holding, and he can kick in the cold weather. So I guess that's all it takes right now for the Packers As are you above average in your employment? And if the answer is yes, you have earned yourself a job under Rich Passaccio. Yeah, the bar's pretty low, isn't it? <laughs> We could step over Um, the bar, I think, at this point.
1: I thought that the signing on St. Patrick's Day was very poignant. Yep. Pat O'Donnell getting signed on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say about a punter. Um, I just hope that overall the special teams unit is just completely different. I don't love the idea that it's a Bears player, but if there was a player that got a lot of action, (laughs) their punter is probably a
0: good one to go snag. So here we are. So before we wrap up, any thoughts about, you know, we're kind of seeing the first wave of free agency hit right now. I'm sure we can save a lot of this, whatever happens next for next week's show. But any positions you're you're keeping an eye on or any moves you think the Packers could make, you don't have to name players specifically, but is there anything you're keeping an eye out on? Or do you think we're basically going to see them just keep, stay the course until the draft? It's going to be, yeah,
1: it's going to be like, the wave two, wave three of players, but it's already been a pretty wild free agency. I think like a lot of things that don't normally happen um, have happened, like the QB carousel and players saying they're going to sign with teams, then not signing with teams and going to other teams. And Von Miller is playing with the bills. And (laughs) um, I think that I – would expect the Packers to re-sign Rasul Douglas now that they have the space. It sounds like both sides would like to make that happen. Um, Otherwise, I don't have a lot of expectations. Like I said, I don't think that they're going to go out and get like a splash player, even though um, that'd be fun. There also isn't anybody to be honest that I would love to go snag. Um, I'm really looking ahead at the draft. I think there are a couple of positions we've talked about it, right? Edge, DL, linebacker, wide receiver. Um, those are kind of the position groups I'm looking at. So if they want to get a free agent somewhere along those lines, that would be great to help both those draft. but I'm not holding my breath.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat. I don't, I I, mean, I think we could see the Packers do what they did last season and sign some guys for training camp after the draft. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like what happened with Devondre and the Packers got really lucky there, but they took Isaiah McDuffie late and then they were like, well, it's not really exactly what we wanted. So anyway, this was fun. Lots of, lots of moves. I really thought that this would like, I was like, I don't even know how we're going to cover everything. And yet here we are. We did it. Here we are. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at pwss podcast. You can find Perry, the Richmond Spider, at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. You can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitch at Packs What She Said. And on YouTube, Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.
1: And Jones, out in front. the are